Park Hopping Podcast number 82, Boo to You Parade. There's lots of important things to say. This is not art. Coming up next in our show. This is not media. First, the news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is another crappy podcast production. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hey, Disney's High School Musical phenomenon leaps onto the big screen in High School Musical 3 Senior Year, in which America's favorite high school students hit Senior Year. If you know what any of this means, be sure to check it out. High School Musical 3 Senior Year opens this Friday in a theater near you. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 82, the podcast that proves almost anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, coming to you almost live and almost direct from the Silicon Prairie of Des Moines, Iowa, USA. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, we refused to use our Park Hopper Pass and remained in Walt Disney World to experience the villain's mix-and-mingle Halloween Castle stage show. Today on the Park Hopping Podcast, we'll continue our nightly visit to the Magic Kingdom on September 30th, 2007 for our next bit of Halloween entertainment, Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade. But first, another bit of feedback. Jeff in California, we've heard from him before, had a few comments about Park Hopping number 80 and the hidden bit of audio at the end and what Disney connection it might have. As usual, I got a real kick out of his message, and I wanted to share a bit of it. Jeff writes, quote, You said your Halloween commercial has an obscure Disney connection. Let's see. The first voice I heard sounded sort of like a dog made out of plastic and wire. No, no, no. It sounded like some kind of backwoods character. A hayseed sort of hillbilly. Know what I mean? I got it. Ernest P. Worrell. That's it. That's the Disney connection. Touchstone Pictures released Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Saves Christmas, Ernest Goes to Jail, Ernest Scared Stupid, and Slam Dunk Ernest, the latter on video only. Jim Varney as Ernest was also the host of Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain on the Disney Channel and that dog voice. He was the voice of Slinky Dog in both Toy Story and Toy Story 2. Unfortunately, Jim Varney died two months after Toy Story 2 was released. But that's too easy. There must be something else. How about Sleepy Hollow? Walt Disney's 1949 film, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, included Washington Irving's story of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. But that's too obvious. Let's see. Tim Burton directed another version of this story entitled simply Sleepy Hollow, starring Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow, Tonto, the Mad Hatter. Okay, I'm getting closer. In Walt Disney's 1951 version of Alice in Wonderland, Ed Wynn provided the voice of the Mad Hatter. Ed Wynn also portrayed Uncle Albert in Mary Poppins. Julie Andrews' first film role was Mary Poppins, and she won an Academy Award. But in her second film, she co-starred with James Garner in The Americanization of Emily. And James Garner voiced the villain in Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which featured a cook named Cookie who was voiced by Slinky Dog, unquote. Wow. Forget what I said last episode. These connections that Jeff has uncovered certainly go far further than even I imagined. The truth is out there. Thanks, Jeff, and remind me never to play Six Degrees of Separation with you. So back to today with a few more digressing comments about last week's episode. When I was listening to the audio from the villains mix and mingle, I noticed Disney took the time to slip in some Haunted Mansion sound effects of their own, specifically the howling wolf and the expanding room scream. The wolf shows up many times during the 7 minute and 12 second song, including right at the start. Welcome to the And here's the original sound from the Haunted Mansion. 
And when they call for a scream, the Haunted Mansion scream is heard. And again from the Haunted Mansion. And now that I think about it, the thunder noises might even be from the Haunted Mansion. The bits I just played come from an album called Magic Kingdom Event Party Music, which I bought from the Magic Kingdom during one of my trips out there. This CD features 27 tracks taken from special events such as Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, Disney's Pirates and Princess Party, and a few bonus tracks such as the audio from the Dream Along with Mickey Castle show. Now, I'm a big fan of legal theme park audio CDs, so whenever Disney releases one, I try to pick up a copy and and support them. I figure the more we buy, the more likely they will keep producing similar CDs in the future. And this, this CD is actually something special since it was, at least initially, only sold during these special events. Now, someone told me you could just call up Disney and order a copy of it and have it delivered right to your house, but I haven't ever called myself to verify that. But it might be worth calling Disney directly first before buying a copy on eBay at an overinflated price, or worse, downloading an illegal copy through sites such as mousebits.com. The CD carried a 2007 copyright date, so it was new that year, I imagine, and it contains over an hour of music. The Hallowishes Fireworks Show is presented first, split into five tracks. Next is the Boo to You Parade, split into six tracks. The Pirate Section and the Haunted Mansion section each gets their own track, so folks who really love that appearance by the Gravediggers can just listen to that one piece over and over again, or, you know, Pirates, if that's your thing. Next is a five-and-a-half-minute track of the Enchanted Adventures Parade from the Pirates and Princess Party, though I expect the actual parade is much longer than five minutes, but I haven't been there to see it. That event's fireworks show, Magic, Music, and Mayhem, comes next, split into six tracks. Then as a bonus, you get all 7 minutes, 13 seconds of the Halloween Villains Mix and Mingle show, followed by the Pirate and Princess Main Street Yo-Ho, which is kind of a hip-hop version Yo-Ho Pirates medley. And lastly, Dream Along with Mickey is presented in seven parts. That's the one bit of audio that doesn't seem to fit in with the other tracks on this disc, and for some reason they group the Mix and Mingle and Main Street Yoho with this show as a bonus track. It seems they could have put those two in with the other tracks from those events and perhaps replaced the Dream Along with Mickey tracks with stuff from the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, since after all, Dream Along with Mickey is just a daily show and isn't really event party music. But I digress. So here's a CD curiosity for you. If you have the CD, go ahead and get it out and take a look at it. Did you notice the typo or typos on the back of the CD case? Let's see how good you are at uh, proofreading. My friend Jed picked up the CD in the Emporium and showed it to me, instantly pointing out something they got wrong on the disc. This may have been caught in a later pressing of the disc, but at least on the copy I have, bought in 2007, there is something definitely wrong on the disc printing, on the actual insert itself, not the physical CD. Uh, can you find it? If so, go ahead and let me know. Podcast at DisneyFans.com And now that I think about it, I guess I should have put this at the end of this podcast episode as another special trivia type thing, so maybe I'll do that next time. And that brings us back to September 30th, 
2007 at around 8 p.m., just before the Boo to You parade was about to begin. For this showing, we lined up on Main Street to watch, and um, I agree with the folks that say you should try to see this parade twice during the evening, watching it once from Main Street and again from the Frontierland area. Both provide a very different surrounding for it. On Main Street, the colorfully lit buildings really make the parade shine, and in Frontierland, there's a few spots, spotlights, along the route that give you perfect lighting for taking non-flash pictures or doing video recording. And here's a very simple tip for watching the parade, or any parade for that matter, especially if you want to get good photos of of it or or good video of it. And I may have shared this before, but or maybe I didn't, uh, you know, wanting to keep it a secret. So here it is, either again or for the first time. So ready? Here it is. Find a trash can and stand behind it. That's my great advice. You see, on Main Street, those trash cans line the sidewalk, and no one can sit or stand in front of them. So if you know the direction the parade is coming from, you can find a trash can to sit behind and get a clear view of the parade. And if you're videotaping, you can even use the top of the trash can to prop your arm up so it doesn't get tired holding the camera the entire parade. You get real good steady video. The only downside is that folks may be barging in to actually use the trash can, so you may hear some trash can doors slam from time to time when you play back your video, or get pushed out of the way if you choose to stand next to the trash can where those side door flaps are instead of standing behind the trash can like I'm suggesting. So let's catch the 815 parade from that night. Uh, It started from the gate in Frontierland and made its way to Main Street, meaning it will arrive here about 25 minutes later, so we kind of stood around and waited. This is another important thing to keep in mind. If you don't want to be standing around by a trash can for half an hour or probably much longer since you really want to get there early to claim that spot, view the parade from close to where it originates from, in in this case Frontierland, and it'll start quicker and pass you quicker than you can go do other things. Now, at Disneyland, the parades will start at either It's a Small World and work their way down to Main Street, or it'll start at Main Street and go to Small World. The parade route doesn't loop backstage at Disneyland, so on nights when they do two parades, the direction will be be different each time, meaning you can catch the parade quickly at Small World if it starts there first, then later catch it again quickly on Main Street when it starts there for the return journey, or, or vice versa. By knowing where it's going to start when you watch, you can see the parade then move on to attractions instead of claiming a spot then waiting 20 minutes longer for it to get to you than how long you'd have had to have wait if you had just waited where it started or something like that. If you're confused, just let me know and I'll I'll send you a picture. Anyway, the parade. Now before the parade at the Magic Kingdom starts, we uh, hear from the Headless Horseman who rides down the parade route, flaming pumpkin in hand. Great black steam and a pumpkin bright. It's said he's tired of his flaming top, so he's looking for a head to swap. Beware, he may soon be in sight. The headless horseman rides tonight.
And then the parade itself starts, or at least the intro music does, taking quite some time before the parade itself shows up. Now, since this is over 20 minutes of repetitive looping music as the different sections go by, I'm going to try something here. Parade begins with a whole army of outdoor vending carts loaded with blinking swords, blinking twirly things, blinking necklaces, marching down the street to get out of the way of the parade. It's kind of like we have a miniature Main Street electrical parade as a pre-show. section of the parade is called Mickey's Boo to You Bash, and you're going to hear this song over and over again, and this is the main background for the entire parade. The way the Disney parades work is there'll be uh, usually an underlying theme song that plays over and over through the entire parade, and as the parade approaches the area you're in, when it gets to that zone, an introduction will play, and then the background music loop will start looping over and over again. The parade will finally enter this zone, and different tunes will play based on the floats that are in front of you, either playing from the floats or the speakers around them, you will change to their theme. And as they pass by and get closer to the next zone, that zone will start up, play the introduction and the background music in loop, and so on. So, just now we're about ready to get to the actual parade floats. So we'll listen to the uh, looping music over and over again for a little while here. As the parade approaches, we see a couple of cast members dressed in orange t-shirts, wearing silly Halloween hats, marching along the parade route, making sure everybody is safely up on the curb, waving at the kids and clapping along in time with the music. First thing we see are two female cast members dressed as festive witches pushing along a cart that is uh, made up of three circles in the shape of Mickey's head. In the head itself it reads, The Magic Kingdom, Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade. the witches and the sign we have an assortment of costumed characters dancing in the streets including alice and the mad hatter tweedledee and tweedledum snow white and dopey and the genie and jasmine 
The first parade float looks like an old Main Street gazebo. On it is Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Daisy all wearing Halloween costumes and greeting the crowd. After the gazebo float, we have more dancing characters. This time we get into a Winnie the Pooh section of the parade with Piglet, Pooh, Tigger, and Eeyore dancing around. Pooh is dressed kind of as a superhero, Piglet as a bumblebee, Tigger as a pirate, and Eeyore has kind of a happy clown outfit on, if you can believe that. Next is a float, which is a tree from the Hundred Acres Wood with Rabbit, Kanga, and Roo. The tree is all lit up in orange Halloween lights, and the chimney of the tree uh, spits out smoke as it passes by, and the characters on board wave at us. slowly change as we enter the second section of the parade, Yo-Ho Pirates Palooza, starting out with characters from Peter Pan, including Peter Pan and Wendy dancing around with various Lost Boys. Pirate's float is Captain Hook's pirate ship. On board are Captain Hook and Smee and various other dancing pirates as it passes by. Just after Captain Hook's ship is that crocodile with the ticking noise coming from it from where it swallowed a clock. This is the crocodile responsible for Captain Hook having a hook. At Disneyland's Fantasmic, you also see an inflated version of this crocodile follow Captain Hook as he sails around on the converted pirate ship, which is the sailing ship Columbia during the day and Hook's ship during Fantasmic. They don't have that at the Florida version because they don't have the big ship. And immediately after the Peter Pan Pirates, we transition into the Pirates of the Caribbean with various dancing pirates and winches, including one of the winches that has red hair, very similar to the red-headed winch from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie that was inspired by the red-headed winch in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. 
new character that was added for 2008 is Barbosa, and he comes walking back and forth along each side of the parade route, holding a green apple and talking to everyone. Followed immediately by a large float that looks like something possibly from the treasure room in the first Pirates movie, loaded down with pirates. And at the very top, above all the treasure and boxes and packages, is Captain Jack Sparrow next to a pirate flag and a barrel, leaning over and waving and pointing at all the crowns as he passes by. This is probably the second favorite thing in the parade for most people who watch it. When I first saw this in 2006, it was one of the only ways to see Jack Sparrow. They had not started doing the meet-and-greets yet. And if you asked where Jack was, they'd say he'd be in the parade. Up next is the Haunted Mansion Cemetery section of the parade, with the caretaker in his green scarf, holding a lantern, leading his dog down the parade route, very similar to the guy we see right before we get to the cemetery and the ride. Except this guy's dog is much bigger and not shaking. It's followed by a group of dancing ballroom uh, zombies, basically. They're all in tattered white outfits, dresses, and nice uh, tuxedo-type outfits that are all torn and worn and dirty, and their faces are all white and sunken eyes, and as they spin and turn, their bodies kind of limply follow along, giving them the uh, appearance of actually being corpses dancing around in front of us. So not quite the pristine, translucent ghost from the ride, more of a uh, gruesome look. Speaking of gruesome, right after them is a stairway-looking parade float, and on top of it is the Haunted Mansion logo and some lanterns and relings, and the three hitchhiking ghosts in semi-translucent outfits and cloaks over them, and they actually move very mechanically as if they're the animatronics from the ride. Next is the most popular section of the entire parade, and that is the Haunted Mansion Gravediggers marching around carrying shovels. They have a fancy choreographed routine involving smacking shovels against each other and the handle of the shovels, and at one point they stop, drag the shovels along the ground, throwing sparks. And the audience, of course, goes wild. At certain points in their routine, they will march and then lean over to the audience and scream at them. And, of course, more of the shovel dragging. Very, very cool. A friend of mine is actually in this section, and it was really neat seeing what he was doing. Next, we get to the Halloween Hootenanny Hoedown, and we have a couple of farm boy cowboys in boots and hats and scarves dancing a little hoedown. Right behind them is uh, some of the older Disney characters. We've got a couple of country bears from the Country Bear Jamboree and some of the earlier Disney characters whose names I do not know. Uh, that cow, I don't know what the name is. I'm going to have to study up on my Disney animation history one of these years. The first parade float is kind of a grain silo looking thing with that uh, Clarabelle the cow on there dancing around to a version of Ghost Riders in the Sky. We get more dancing characters. This time we have Chippendale dressed in western wear. Brer Fox and Brer Bear from 
Song of the South, or in this case, probably Splash Mountain, and a couple of uh, farm girls dancing around with all of them. The final float in this Frontierland Halloween section is a very tall barn, and up on top is that uh, that hen. What's the name of that hen clucking away? I'm going to get more letters on this, aren't I? Well, at least I can't mispronounce her name if I don't know what it is. Next, we transition to the villain's groove a go-go and a circular sphere-like vehicle that comes riding up with a pumpkin man on it. It's uh, supposedly one of the same types of designs that was used in the Main Street Electrical Parade. I've been told it's one of the balls from Spectral Magic. I don't know if that's true, but it drives around on a frame that is uh, basically an electric golf cart. Right behind him is a float featuring a skeleton band, guitar player, Looks like a bass player, a keyboard player, and a drummer all going along. And uh, those two uh, demon characters from Hercules at the back playing percussion with glowing drumsticks. Then right behind the float are some of our villains dancing away, including Corella Deville, the Queen of Hearts, a couple of the bad guys from Pinocchio, including Stromboli, and uh, I guess the wolf character that talked Pinocchio into going to Pleasure Island. One of the evil queens from, I don't know, Snow White? One of those. Got the bad guy, Frollo, from Hunchback of Notre Dame. I guess I don't know the bad guys very well either. The next float features Jafar, and up top the other evil queen that I can never remember, and kind of the uh, demon character from that really cool sequence in Fantasia. And at the other side of this float is Ursula next to the magic mirror. Following nearby are a couple of the laughing hyenas from the Lion King, occasionally turning to the crowds trying to startle them. Looks like it works on some people. We get to the section of the parade that all the children and a lot of adults, it looks like, have been waiting on. That's Goofy's Trick or Treat Candy Hop. We have cast members in those orange t-shirts and yellow baseball caps with satchel bags on them loaded with candy. They're wearing these green aprons that say Goofy's Candy Company, and they're going along each side of the parade route just handing out candy to anybody who sticks out their uh, trick or treat bag. There's a number of these, and then we see a float, uh, kind of a, it's a Candy delivery truck says Goofy's Candy Company on the side, and the back of the truck has Goofy's hat on it, and Pluto in a baker's hat is riding up front waving at everybody. 
Right after that are a number of cast members, about four of them, pushing these carts that contain huge versions of the Goofy's Candy Company candy bags, just like the ones you can buy at the Main Street Candy Company right across the way from where the parade is. It's a rather uh, obvious set of product placement. We've got more cast members with candy and all the kids and, again, many adults trying to get their attention begging for candy. And leading up the very end of the parade is Goofy on his magnificent candy machine. He's pedaling it, and it's got spinning gears and knobs and kind of gloppy, taffy-looking things all over it. It's spewing smoke, and at the very end of this float are two large cartoon glove hands sweeping a large cartoon broom back and forth as it passes by. More cast members handing out candy, and then two cast members walking with a long sign banner that says The End, made out of little globs of uh, what looks like the types of candy tablets stuck on wax paper, followed by hordes of Magic Kingdom guests following the parade and, in this case, probably getting ready to leave the party. Well, welcome back. Now let's quickly push and shove our way out of these crowds and get over to Space Mountain or somewhere while the rest of the park is tied up along the parade route waiting for it to get down to them. Now next time, we'll finish out the Halloween party with one last bit of audio, or two, or, or maybe three, since I probably need to wrap up all the Halloween stuff before Halloween has passed. And speaking of next time... The next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 53,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks here in the States. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 82. Boo to you. Thanks for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting (sighs) podcasts. Hey, want to get four days and three nights in a luxury Orlando resort just down the road from Disney World for just 99 bucks? You do? Well, there's a catch. You'll have to listen to a 90-minute presentation that'll probably take closer to three hours, but it'll save you money and you'll get a great breakfast out of it. Go to DisneyFans.com secret for the details.